Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to StageCraft. Variety's theater podcast, bringing you in-depth interviews with the stars and creators of the hottest shows on Broadway, off-Broadway, and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of StageCraft, I'm talking to the actor Daniel Radcliffe. The world knows him as Harry Potter, but theatergoers know that in the years since he had blind eight blockbuster films in the Potter franchise, he's made theater a regular part of his career, both in New York and in London, with shows like Equus, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying, and The Cripple of Inishman. He's making his latest Broadway appearance in The Lifespan of a Fact, appearing with Bobby Cannavale and Cherry Jones in a new play that finds a whole lot of humor, drama, and topicality in the deeply unglamorous world of journalistic fact-checking. We recorded our interview outside our usual studio, so forgive the echo. Here's Daniel Radcliffe. Hi, Daniel. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much for having me. So, in Lifespan of a Fact, you play a zealous first-time fact-checker at a major publication in New York, and you, rent, you went kind of method for this role, because you went to the New Yorker offices and fact-checked an article. What did you learn from that that you now carry with you? Um, really, I learned about... I mean, there were a few lines... First of all, I thank you for saying I went method. That's a little... I went, I went into <laughs> I mean, just their for the afternoon. for I don't two know. hours. Uh, and, they were, and they were really... You know, they, they you know, said... Would, would I be up for going in and like seeing that? And I was just like, yes, of course. That sounds like an amazing thing to be, be able to, you know, being an actor is one of the great things about it is you get to like play it doing this very, very cool stuff sometimes. Um, and I mean, the main thing I took away from it is that there are a few lines, there are quite a few lines in our play where the sort of the implication or the joke is that my character is going too far and, you know, he is looking at things in too kind of minute, trivial sort of detail. And indeed, like, every night uh, in the show, there's particularly some of those lines where I can hear the audience, I can literally hear people in the audience going, I mean, I did think, I, 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 you, you said I could curse us before we started this, and I do think I heard a woman the other night in, like, the second row go, oh, for fuck's sake, <laughs> after I said something. And, um, and um, I, uh, you know, I, before that, I had kind of taken those lines and been playing those lines kind of in a way of like you know I, I had that knowing I had that thought in my head that this is my character going too far and actually going in there I realised no it's not at all like all those details are really important and talking to I mean there's one particular moment in the play where I talk about um, 
the difference in uh, the time that somebody fell being uh, the difference of one second between eight seconds. He is saying it's nine seconds, uh, and uh, in reality it was only eight. And the audience kind of winces at this every night. And now I kind of feel in myself like, no, 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 that's, that's important because it is in a coroner's report. And if somebody goes back to a coroner's report and sees that you have deliberately changed something, that is an issue. Um, and so Right, and it's not, in that case, that was a choice he made because of the, for a number of reasons that he argues. Yes. So, Sorry, yes. yeah, 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 I'm going yeah. to probably do that a lot in the interview of just assume everyone knows all the things Everybody's about the plane that I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he has a kind of fixation on the on the number nine for for many reasons. So he he is he is saying that this character fell for this amount of time for nine seconds, and um, yeah, it's a, it's details like that. And there's a few other moments. Uh, you know, we had somebody come and see the show. Uh, there's a moment where my character produces what he calls a traffic diagram, um, which is is about as fun as as it sounds for people <laughs> at home, um, and. Um, Again, that was a moment that sort of seemed extreme, and multiple people have said that's absolutely not extreme, and that's you know, um, you, that's, that is what you do. And you were fact checking a restaurant review, yes? Have yes, you, have I you, was fact checking. Have a restaurant you since review. been to the restaurant? And I have not. Can you I, confer- okay. I do have plans to, All right. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I haven't as yet. But I've heard it's fantastic. Right. Um, and then, I'm, yeah, I, I think it may have actually won like a Michelin star. It did. I, no, it's it very did. trendy. I, I haven't can't been believe yet. Believe that but, yeah, I like was called, allowed um, to fact check. Help, help, help me pronounce the name of that show. Oshomoko. Oshomoko. I don't. Okay. You know, your pronunciation was much better. I went with. I feel like the X is a X. I think that might be a listener will tell us. Yes. Yes. Somebody, listeners, please. Um, and so, and how did you get... fact check the article? Yeah. I should really know that. That's embarrassing. That's well, uh, it's, uh, sorry. It was anyway. a while ago. Yeah. So, <laughs> but so, how did this play first come to you? Um, it, I mean, were sorry. you looking for a play to do? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Or? And I've always, and I've been looking. I always um, am on the lookout for new plays to do. I haven't um, been fortunate enough to do one uh, before this. Um, so, you mean a new play as opposed to a? As, As opposed, opposed to, to a revival, a revival. Sorry, okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, and I've because I've, I've had so many friends who've worked on them, and just the experience of um, you know really having kind of that degree of ownership over a character and knowing that this has never been done before, and it was, and you know, kind of latterly in the process that did become a very scary thing, like because right. yeah. if something's been done before, you at least know like. It was good. Like it was done for a reason. Like the play, the base, the, the basis of the play that you have is like is solid. And then so uh, there are moments where halfway through you go, you sort of go, oh, is this good? Like you know, you right. suddenly worry like you really like it, but will other people like it? And um, so yeah, to, to answer your question in a very very boring way, uh, it came to my agent from the right. producer Jeffrey Richards, and um, and we did a reading of it and. Uh, then it changed a lot. You know, there was it was still being written right. right. You know, into rehearsals. Um, uh, and, and it's and we should say it's based on a true story of uh, a, a fact checker and, a, and an essayist, uh, yes. sort of going back and forth yes, about uh, based the fact checking on, on, on the book lifespan of the fact, which is also. I would say loosely based yes. on the real right. relationship yeah. of Don DeGata <laughs> and my character, Dim Fingal. And the um, piece itself is about, the rather, the essay in question itself is about uh, a teenage, a teenager's suicide in yes. Las Vegas. Yes, uh, who was a, also. you know, who is a... We were uh, speaking of falling to the death. Falling yes, death. that was who we were talking about. Yeah. Right, yeah. And uh, do you feel like you now... Did working on this play uh, influence your opinion on the idea of what's more important, the, you know, the sort of facts of a situation or the sort of 
feel and the theme and the poetry of a situation? I mean, um, because both sides are argued, one by you and one by uh, the yeah, writer played I mean, by Bonnie kind of Bobby I Cannavale. Um, I don't. I think it probably like clarified a lot of what I think and made what I think about it like a, a little more um, nuanced, just because we, you know, you, you, I have not thought about it in in such depth before. Um, I mean, I ultimately come down pretty firmly on my character's side about. Um, about the nature of that, but I think that the overall thing that I take from it is it is it is really entirely how you present something. If you are presenting something as fact and you have stretched the truth to a to, to a degree that is you know not acceptable, then you know that is a problem. But if you know there's one line in the play and it's quite a throwaway line when John mentions something that isn't true, or, or but he says um, uh, you know it was. It didn't happen at that time, but it was in the atmosphere of the city over the entire summer. And I say to him, well, isn't that how it should be framed? And I do think that so much of it comes down to that. I also think um, there is, uh, you know, a real value to what my character is saying about the minutiae of, you know, and the, the seemingly trivial details. Because there is, you know, if you find one thing about a news article or, you know, if you... If you see a politician being quoted on the news, and then you see, you know, them cut off the clip before the full quote is used, and you know that the quote is actually longer, and suddenly you see an agenda is there. Or, I mean, I won't mention what it was, but there was a there was a documentary I watched in which they, and it was great, and I really really liked it. But you, at one point, they miss you. They they misuse the definition of a word that is very specific to a group of people and uh, I happen to know what the word really meant and it, as soon as I saw that was there was that one thing that you couldn't trust the whole edifice sort of comes crumbling down around it a little bit even if the rest of it is fantastic and has huge value it becomes harder to trust the whole thing right yeah and we were talking a little bit uh, about this before we turned the mic on but uh, the play as listeners can probably guess if they even if they haven't seen it is even even though it is not overtly political it does touch on themes that we are all talking about very much all the time in, yeah. you know in the last year and a half uh how does that how do you feel like that plays in the room uh with audiences um i think yeah i mean i think it's great i think it's it it, it, it produces you know i don't know if we would have maybe had such vocal reactions like there are a few moments every night where like you know you get people going oh like that and stuff when like you said like they're, they're people get um yeah really like pleasingly loud it's like a what in england would we would call like a panto crowd but like but yeah. no, i don't know if that has the same relevance over here and i mean that in a an entirely positive way um but um yeah i mean i i people seem to be really really responsive and very i i i, I like to think there is some sort of do they pick a side? Do audiences pick a side per, per, depending on the I mean, performance? It, do you find it's you could? I wouldn't say that it's something you notice every performance, but there are definitely some performances where I I I, I, can, I feel like oh I am really irritating you guys today. Like <laughs> I yeah I, there's there's there are some audiences like oh you are not having Jim today. I <laughs> I also I when I when I did meet the real Jim Fingal, I just basically spent most of my time apologizing to him for making him as obnoxious as I make him in the play because he's not at all he's not nearly as hyper and uh, crazed as as I make him in the play do you 
Is an, any part of your performance based on him as a real person? I mean... Other than this exchange that is obviously recorded, not, right? Not pati- I don't... I, I, I would say not really. I, I, I mean, other than the fact that the character in the play holds essentially a lot of the same views as Jim and has the same meticulousness. Um, I mean, Jim did see, like, I've got this, like, ridiculously comic-sized stack of notes that uh, I drag around with me in the play, and um, he saw that and was like, it was actually double the size of that. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, so, like, he, there's a lot in there that really is true about him, but I think the, uh, the there's there's a lot in there that's probably me as well at this point. Right. Yeah, and uh, in the show you're working with, it's a small cast, it's just yeah. three three actors, and you're working with two of New York's favorite actors. It's yeah. uh, Bobby Cannavale as the, the SAS two-year, who the fact-checkers, whose article the fact-checker is fact-checking, yeah. is checking, and uh, Cherry Jones, who yeah. plays your editor. What's it like working with those two? I mean, yeah, they're both amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, and it's, it's a, such a small cast that you spend long moments with them, right? Yeah, absolutely, and there is something wonderful, and it's a fast-moving play, and there's lots yeah. of sort of overlapping lines and interruptions and stuff like that and so there is just like a sense of really kind of becoming one for organism in some way like it does that that sense of being like like mentally coupled with these other people's brains on stage and just like all getting into that rhythm together and there is something and and that's what's one of the sort of the like wonderful things about doing theater is that there's when you're rehearsing it particularly when you start and then generally a moment as well like halfway through rehearsals there's I always have a sense of like how is this ever going to happen like how is this all going to come together not that anything's going badly but just that when you see a play on stage it's hard to imagine it existing as its constituent parts and before, and when you're living in those parts where you're just like running scenes and stuff's not quite rare, going right yet and stuff's still changing it's just and then suddenly you find yourself there sort of in preview or an opening night and you are all just in sync with each other and this thing is happening around you that was marked out with you know it's just it's it's so exciting and and to do it with them is you just feel really safe on stage like anything could pretty much happen and one of the three of us would know how to deal with it yeah and you alluded to this before and you started to sort of answer this question already but what is it that brings you you theater is a regular kind of thing in your career was the last one Rosencrantz and Guildenstern that or yes. was, yeah, was yeah, the last yeah. play that was on the West End yeah. um, but yeah, you, you know you've been doing you've been on Broadway multiple times and you've been in London and you yeah. did a show at the public last year maybe the year yeah, before two, I forget two years ago, yeah. yeah and uh, it's something you like you really have seemed to have made a commitment to why is that I just I'm I don't know like I love it it is a huge it's a huge amount of fun um, I think it honestly I think it sort of it, it gives me a lot of Confidence as an actor, um, which is not always something that I've like felt, uh, and because you, it, it's there. I feel like stage was doing theatre and doing Equus and How to Succeed and all those things was was really very very important for me uh, psychologically. Just to know that there's something about doing it without an editor to save you or an, <laughs> a myriad of things in post production that can that can help you out. Um, that made me go like okay like I can act um, and and I found and, and I think I've kind of uh, I've grown a little bit as an actor every time I've gone back to the theatre I think I 
get better. I think it makes me better um, to to do it. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 hopefully going to make it a regular as regular a feature as I possibly can. And you are on Broadway at the same time as Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, yes. which you are on record as not having seen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell I, us why. Well, I mean, I just, um, you know, I, I have, I have uh, I've said this to many people who are associated with the production. I've explained it to them. and, and I, it's, it's quite nothing. good. Yeah, uh, no, I've heard it's fantastic. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, I'm really, I'm, look, I'm so thrilled that that, that part of the 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 world has expanded into this new thing and people who love the books and love the films um, now have this other thing to love as well, which is great. I just, I don't think it would be like a relaxing evening at the theatre for me. I, um, I, it would, day at the theatre, let's be d- honest. Day at the theatre yeah. as well, yeah, good, good point. Uh, and I do, I think there's, um, I, I would, pr- I feel like I would be very conscious and maybe this is completely... Um, conceited and egotistical and people wouldn't care but I I would feel conscious of like being watched by the other people around me if people knew I was there to sort of see what my reaction was and I think it would be yeah I, I'd be uh, if it was if it was a large crowd of devoted Harry Potter fans um, you know whom I love but it would it would be you know possibly slightly uh, hectic to, to uh, as an evening maybe Is, do you feel do you feel the kind of ownership over Harry Potter as a character that you feel like you could watch another actor and another uh, yeah. that you could watch part of the story that you could watch this character make choices that you might object to based on your understanding of that character? Uh, yeah, no, I don't feel that. I, I'm, I'm, I don't feel that kind of ownership over Harry. I think you know, uh, without meaning to sound very, very corny, like that character belongs to a lot of people um and 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 it's not something that i would i think i think it would be odd like i saw the trailer for the new like uh, crimes of grindelwald film yeah. and there were like some shots of hogwarts and stuff in there and i was just like oh yeah that's weird that i'm not in that like i had a mo <laughs> i did have one moment being like, ah, ah. um but 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 i don't but i definitely like you know jamie parker's amazing and i'm i'm very very happy to, to yeah. share the mantle with him yeah one of the things that I feel like is really interesting about the stuff you've done in since Harry Potter and even some of the stuff you were doing while you were doing Harry Potter is I feel like all your choices, uh, both on stage and on film, have been really sort of challenging and ambitious and kind of unexpected. And a lot of them sort of nothing really feels like anything else on sort of the resume. Right. And um, I wonder if tell me about sort of what guides you uh, as you're making your choices I mean I, th- I think part of it is the the fact that I have the freedom to make choices means I feel like I should take advantage of that while and for as long as I can um, yeah. you know mo- m- most actors just get the roles they get and have to do those things like it's so to the idea that you would um, you know that I have any kind of autonomy over my career puts me in like you know one percent of actors. Um, so you know I feel like kind of have a duty. To, and also you know I've been very lucky, obviously with Potter and the financially. Like I don't have to do anything at the moment for uh, purely for the money. Um, so for as long as I can, I'm gonna not. And 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 I and I, in terms of like sensibilities, I don't. I really don't know. I think. Yeah, I'm yeah, feeling I mean, like you're kind of indie as a, as a I, spirit. Like I, I, I guess just so. based on some of the film projects. Well, that you've also done. I just yeah. I mean, I, I guess so. In that I don't. I, I do find like most of the like every time I like a script, 
I'll, I'll go back to my agency and like, okay, cool, it's not financed, and it's, it's you know, we're do, we're doing what we can. It's always like the I do seem to like the ones that are slightly harder to get made, and it's very I do find like it's rarer that I read a studio script and go, oh yeah, this is amazing and really interesting and different. And I think more people are more willing to take risks in the indie world, but also it's yeah, no, it's still really hard to get people to take those risks. Was there ever a point where you felt constrained by Harry Potter and its associations? Not, uh, not professionally at yeah. all. I mean, I think there were like there are moments when probably I, I coped with the uh, like personal effects of Harry Potter. You know, sort of not as well as I could have, but um, but professionally, no. Like, I mean, I think there's probably. There wasn't it, a resistance from thinking of you as anything other than a boy wizard, for I mean, instance. There you know. might have been from maybe like, but say there was, you know, say that was 50% of directors and casting directors, which I think is probably much higher than it was, but say it's half of all of them. Um, I would say, I would say probably like the other half are equally excited at the opportunity to like show a different side to this person or this actor. Um, there are, there are directors that were, I think, excited to. I mean, uh, if I, I, am, I am quoting one of them here, and I won't say who, but reinvent me, you know. Uh, and in, in a, in a well, I bet you got a lot of that back yeah. around 2011, But right? that's yeah. the thing. That's what I mean. So as, me- as much as there are people who are sort of uh, warned off by that, there are a lot of people that I kind of, I think, are excited by the opportunity to show you in a different light. And so I was just lucky to get a lot of those in sort of quite quick succession after Potter I think like you know obviously like Equus was uh, during Potter but then I think you know um, Kill Your Darlings was uh, a big one for me and then um, you know things like Horns and Swiss Army Man which you know people might be listening going what are those movies he's mentioned and that's absolutely fine but I think they were in terms of they they were films that like did a lot for me and if you were a director that wanted to know more about me you could you could go and watch those films and see oh he is doing other things right. uh, speaking of other things what what's next for you what do you got coming up on screen I know you've got there's a comedy series on TBS called Miracle Workers yes yeah. um, which is based on a uh, Simon Rich no, uh, novel um, it, it's I just love it so much. I, I haven't seen the, the finish, finish thing yet. I, I was doing some post-production work on it the other day, and I saw bits and pieces, and it looks really good. Um, and that's out next year? It'll be out next year, okay. uh, early yeah. next year, I think. And, uh, yeah, so that's with, um, Steve Buscemi plays yeah. God. That's yeah. my, very, that's my yes. very quick pitch for people to watch <laughs> Miracle Workers. And you're also in a film, I guess you just finished production on a film that's delightful, delightfully called Guns Akimbo. I can't yeah. even get it out, just it's so fun. Guns yeah. Akimbo. Guns Akimbo. Um, it, it is a absolutely crazed comedy action film uh, from this uh, amazing uh, New Zealand-born director called uh, Jason Lee Howden. Uh, I don't know why I said New Zealand-born; he still lives there. Um, but he um, and he's uh, he's written and directed it, and it was just one of those scripts that, as soon as I read it, it I mean, it is. I, I sort of don't want to say too much about it because it's. Just, I, I, I don't know I don't know how much they're gonna show in the trailer, mm. so like I don't I don't want to spoil anything if it's not being used. But it's insane. I I hope it's really funny and also. So are you has an action, action hero in, in this? Are you? I'm like a very reluctant action hero who gets like dragged into it. I'm more of an action coward actually you, for I the see, entire film. Did you learn any martial arts in order I to? Did okay. Not. I, that's the one because that's the thing. I love. I grew up on Potter, like doing a lot of stunt work. Yeah. There was a lot in those films, but you know, latterly, I am not 
cast in many action roles, which is understandable. Um, but I, I, that was what was really fun. But I love doing that stuff. So, like, what was very fun about it was reading the script, going like, oh, this is a character I can believe myself. Because normally, you know, whenever I read one, I'm like, I, no one's going to buy me as this, like, karate, yeah, I'm ass-kicking dude. Like, that's not... But this guy, I was like, yeah, I can be in an action movie and do mostly running away and falling, which is what I'm very good at. <laughs> And then what's next for you after you're in lifespan of a fact through January and then what's next for you? And then, um, hopefully, uh, I mean, I'll be doing press for miracle workers around that time because that's when it's coming. Uh, it'll be coming out shortly thereafter. And Guns Akimbo comes out next year or later this fall? I don't know, honestly. Yeah. Like, I don't I, it wasn't clear from what yet. I could no. find. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll be hoping to go to yeah. a festival of some sort with it. Right. And then um, I will be going off to do a film somewhere, hopefully, fingers crossed, but I don't want to say anything right. about it, but I should be doing a film sort of early next year. Um, but it's, uh, you know, again, it's another sort of indie thing that I'm really uh, passionate about, but it is not over the finish line yet, so sure? I'm going to not mention it in case it all goes wrong. And... You mentioned how to succeed. Would you want to do another musical? Absolutely. At some point, 100%. I just, it, the thing I learned from how to succeed was like, I need to love it as much as how to succeed. I need, because it is a, it's a, it's a real time commitment. And, you know, you can't do a musical generally for like, on Broadway for like a very short period of time. So I need to, uh, yeah, it needs to just be something I think I can do for it. Would you want to do a new one? You're talking about new plays. Possibly. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. It would be interesting because that's more of a, process I guess in terms of you know they normally go through multiple workshops that's and true. things that's and, a and whole so, that can yeah, be a years long process of development long. of but, that so, but, so. but yeah but in, but in theory yeah absolutely right and yeah. are, are there stage roles that you feel like are on your bucket list no not at all I really don't I mean um, I used to try and make up a clever answer to this question but I, don't, I really don't because I don't have the same uh like particularly, I feel like again we were talking about the heresy of saying how much I love that our play is eighty-five minutes, but also like I don't have the... audiences also love that it's eighty-five yeah, no, minutes. I, I think, think. Um, but I I I definitely um, I don't have the same like urge to do like Shakespeare or some of those sort of big parts that other other people might want you to as an actor. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, and, and and honestly, like I. I I love doing this new play. I would want to do as, as much as possible. I do have other plays that I'm thinking of doing in the future. I, again, one of them is a, a real possibility, so I can't mm. say anything about it. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, there's there's you know, I suppose like uh, yeah, in terms of those big sort of Shakespearean roles, I feel very sacrilegious. But like, I've seen like Jude Law and Ben Whishaw play Hamlet. I don't know if I, well, like, what I have to add to that. They were both awesome. <laughs> Do is there a difference between New York and London in terms of working in the theater and the theater community there? Do you find? Do you find? Yeah, di- no. I mean, there there is. I think the the Broadway community is 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 amazing. Like look, London is wonderful, and I love doing shows there. But there is something like about all the like the communal events that Broadway has every year. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just not being invited in London. Maybe that's all, maybe there's, maybe they're going on and I'm just unaware of them. That's very, very possible. But the sort of the, um, you know, the, the Easter Bonnet and Gypsy of the Year, I think is today. And yes, like, although it has a new name, I believe. Oh, uh, yes. Is it? Uh, what, oh, oh, no, I've forgotten. I'll remember by next year. Oh, Red Bucket yeah. Follies, I think. Is that what it's yeah, called? maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, so they, uh, that, there's that. And there's also, I mean, the thing that, like, just, I still just love is that um, when you walk into 
on opening night every show sends messages to other shows so you walk it and, and, and just like they all send and I'd never seen that before and I remember it when the first time it happened on Equus and I was just like and you would go around and you would see people you know who've worked together who know someone in that theatre writing specific messages to that person in that show and you just see this sort of huge interlocking community and yeah it's just it's really it's it's lovely to to be a part of that as well um so i do you know it's there there is it's uh, yeah broadway's broadway is very very special well we look forward to having you back next time. i hope so thank, thank you, you dan much. nice to talk to you, sure, lovely yeah. to talk to you. That was Daniel Radcliffe, now on Broadway in the lifespan of a fact at Studio 54. If you like what you've heard on this and other episodes of Stagecraft, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe wherever finer podcasts are dispensed. On the next Stagecraft, I talk to Tyne and Tim Daly, the brother and sister duo who are starring together off-Broadway in the new play Downstairs. Until then, see you at the theater. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.